0: Hi, I'm Jesse. And I'm Forrest. And this is A Crosscut, a podcast that usually contextualizes the news of the day with the story, themes, and motifs of a treasured...
1: Or trash...
0: Piece of cinema. However, we are continuing our summer streaming series, and that means that we are bringing you four spoiler-free reasons to consider watching some new film that has come out on a streaming service in the past few weeks yeah
1: that's right we are trying to do a bunch of different services we've done a couple netflix movies we've got a hbo max movie today we're doing a hulu film it'll be a it'll be a nice wide variety depending on what streaming platform you have you should be able to find something
0: that's right that's right yeah i guess we'll go ahead and kick it off well we have four mostly spoiler free reasons i will say that the final reason that yeah. we're going to be talking about today uh Forrest's final reason is a little bit spoilery i
1: will i will uh do most of it without spoilers and then i'll let you know when the spoilers come up and you can just skip ahead about a minute and that'll be it
0: okay yeah and um but other than that it's mostly just talking about like general yeah we'll get to it
1: yeah we'll get uh to and it. yeah with that said let's go ahead and get into it today we are talking about the hulu original film not okay
0: That's right. And so I'm going to kick it off with the first reason to watch, which was what I would assume is like a breakout performance. I'm going to go ahead and call it a breakout performance by Mia Isaac. She is the actor who plays Rowan, Mm -hmm. who is almost like an Emma Gonzalez type character in this film. Somebody who um, was involved in a, who was
1: a survivor of. Yeah, yeah
0: sorry, involved <laughs> yeah. in. Who was a survivor of a mass shooting at a school and who was making waves in social media for her very public reaction, you know, to, yeah. to being um, a survivor.
1: Yeah, she, she in the film, lead, I think is seen leading a couple rallies, doing some spoken word, uh, like poetry to you know, express her opinions on on having been a survivor of that um and just for those who aren't aware of the plot of the film uh the lead character is pretending to have been and has uh you know created a social media profile that indicates that she was uh a survivor of a fake a fictional bombing in Paris
0: right well so she she was pretending to be in Paris and then there was a bombing and then
1: she had to uh, and yeah. then
0: she and then Hilarity ensues? No.
1: No, Not hilarity. We'll get into that (laughs) later. And then
0: um events ensue. Yeah. And um so that's the general premise of of the film. And one of the people who she comes in contact with uh throughout her sort of I guess journey as a character um is is Rowan who um who she becomes very good friends with in the film. Um, But Mia Isaac, I think, is really fantastic. This is her second film that she's been in. Um, She was in, I think, a couple of shorts, and then she was in a film called Don't Make Me Go Mm in uh, 2022, so just this past year. She is, I mean, really, I mean, just does does a fantastic job of, of striking that, like, angry, angsty, justifiably angsty, um, it feels it feels wrong to say angsty. That feels like light, light.
1: Sure. Wait, Yeah. I think what she does that's really impressive is she has uh, to convey an intuition that her character has about the protagonist of the film that she's kind of full of it. But she maintains a relationship with that person. Right. Because she believes that the protagonist did survive the bombings in Paris and so therefore is like, okay, well, maybe this person is acting strange because that's a harrowing experience and it sort of changed her. And sometimes she's very friendly and forthcoming and all this, but then other times she seems to be trying to manipulate Rowan's character for uh, social media, her social media following for her publicity and stuff. And so Rowan, the actress, Mia, has to carry on her face this idea of like, I don't really trust you, but I'm going to go ahead and do the thing you're asking because maybe it's fine. Right. This isn't adding
0: up to to me and my brain, but... it's
1: like I'm a kid, and so I don't know. Right. And so she has to carry a lot of that um, without speaking like a lot of it is just her reaction shots to what the protagonist is saying she
0: carries a lot on her face and she carries
1: a lot on her face and so i think she does a really good job with that I,
0: one thing that's interesting about um the don't make me go i just realized because yeah. i was looking into it that's the film that we were gonna do we were, one of the films that we were considering oh, right. starring john Cho.
1: Yeah, and it's the one where he's got terminal cancer. It's, in his yeah, yeah, it's a
0: Amazon Prime streaming film okay. that, that's coming out or has come out, and um, we considered it. And I just I love John Cho. Yeah,
1: but it seems I, very sad.
0: It seems so sad. <laughs> <laughs> She's his daughter, and he has like terminal cancer or something, and it's just it's about him. I guess maybe dying is what it looked like in yeah. the in the commercial and, or the trailer. And I just uh, oh I don't I was like I don't think I can do it. No, <laughs>
1: So, but if you, if you have heard a bit about the premise of this film and you're like, no, thank you, <laughs> go watch the other one. So if I mean, you'd rather not have a, a sad thing that's people are trying to make satire out of and you just want a sad thing to be sad, go watch that one.
0: Sad tire.
1: Aww. Sorry.
0: <laughs> but, um, but Un- yes.
1: Unlike Angry Tire, which is the movie Rubber. What? There is a movie with a an actual tire, like that goes on a car uh. that uh, goes around and kills people. What? The movie is called Rubber. Uh,
0: <laughs> mm, okay anyway. never never heard of it yeah
1: it's a fun one. Oh well
0: <laughs> anyway so her first two big films then basically her first two like breakout performances both happening on the streaming show. films this summer yeah. and uh good for her she's she's fantastic uh and I think that she's I think I'm predicting big things.
1: I'm predicting she gets put in a Marvel movie in the next four
0: years. (laughs) Ooh, who would she be in a Marvel movie?
1: Who knows? I don't know enough of the characters. They pull pull people out of these places.
0: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I don't know enough of the new characters, but but anyways, um, she was fantastic. Uh, And I guess we can go ahead and move into the second point. Um, I'll take the second point, which was this is a good film. I think that if you want to get inside the head of or inside the mindset of a terrible person um then then this is, a, this is a pretty good film to do it the the lead character Danny yeah um is just an awful human being
1: so let's go into a little bit I, I, can you set up like it's within the first 20 minutes of the film that the sort of transgression, the main transgression happens. Can you sort of set it up for the people listening?
0: I mean, sure. So she's a, she's a lonely person working at a magazine living in Brooklyn. I don't know how lonely you could really be, but maybe she, she just doesn't have friends and the people who are trying to be nice to her aren't cool enough for her. And so she just kind of ignores those people. And right. she really just wants to be hanging out with the cool kids. She has a crush on some guy that's a total douche at her work. And right. she wants to hang out with the cool LGBTQ people who are going bowling, I guess. Um, And so after being rejected by those people, she uh, makes up a story that she's going to a writer's retreat in Paris. And she, instead of going to the actual retreat, there is no retreat. She makes it up. She just photoshops because she's a photo editor at the magazine. She photoshops herself into all of these different pictures, posts them on Instagram and posts up, post a post right before passing out and then when she wakes up there's had been terrorist attacks mm-hmm. right near where she had just posted before she passed out and uh she has to basically just pretend like she was there because her whole family and everybody she knows is like holy cow you were just in paris la, 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 la. Yeah. and um so that's basically the setup for the entire film
1: yep and the the thing that I thought was that got me about this was She's a terrible person. She's lying about having gone to Paris, not necessarily trying to take advantage of the bombing because she did it before the bombing happened, but once people assumed she was there and started treating her with special attention, that sort of, like, helped her, you know, feel less lonely. Like, her her mom, who had, I guess, been sort of an absentee mom to her— like, started, like, caring about her, like, you know, saying we love you and making you cocoa. And so she's like, oh, I get the attention, the, you know, that I'm looking for. Right. uh, And I can exploit this. And so she does. And that's the sort of middle part of the movie.
0: It almost reminds me of Eleanor Shellstrop from The Good Place, where it's like, is she a mass murderer or a psychopath? Not really. She's just kind of a medium place, like, neutral person who does not great things, but is also not actively trying to cause harm. And so you're seeing the inner workings of how you can have somebody be so like obsessed with the wrong things in life, be neglected by the people who are supposed to love her, and how that drive to attain those things that we're told by by social media, yeah. we're told by, you know, everything in 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 the world are important that are not actually important, can drive somebody to Sort of go with the flow, right. I guess. Well, we'll, and yeah, we'll get and to the do pretty terrible things. Yeah, we'll get
1: to the environment. That's that'll be our third one, actually. But right, right. but the the character is, you know, I unlike Eleanor Shellstrop, who sure. was not sort of craving that. Uh, attention or ambition or whatever. There mm-hmm. was like a scene, and I mean, I'm going deep into the good place, I guess. But like the scene in Eleanor with, in her high school or something, where like w- she yells at a cool kid, and then somebody's like one of the non cool kid clicks. He's like, "Hey, that was really cool how you did." This. He's like, "No, not doing that either. Not joining any of your clicks. Right? Just like she just has sort of a, a self, you know, confidence about her that's sort of born out of just not liking anyone. Right. <laughs> and this lady is constantly appealing for like being liked and having attention and all this kind of stuff. Um, and so it's a little different there and a little more uncomfortable, (laughs) uh, to, to watch. Mm -hmm. Uh, the other thing I'll say about her is the whole idea for like Photoshopping herself into these pictures came when her Guinea pig walked across her keyboard, (laughs) which I dislike from a story perspective. I'm sure you hated it. Yeah. Did not like that. Um, if anything ever happens by coincidence or happenstance in a film, uh, it, it like that, that sets off sort of like the key driving factor for your character. It's, it's lazy. Like things can happen out of coincidence, right? Magnolia is a great movie all about that. But the, the idea that that your character is like, well, I would have just sat here and been high and drunk and quiet in my room, but oh, that Guinea pig like tipped this domino. It's like that takes away motivation from your character, which makes me not give a damn. So sorry. Anyway, um, we'll getting get into, into get getting into your it, opinions
0: yeah. pretty early in the, in the episode. Sure. It's
1: hard. It was. I'll say this: it was hard for me to find a couple reasons. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but I can get in. Do you have any on more on this one? And we'll. Uh...
0: No, I mean, I think that I think that it leads into your first point. Where yeah, we're talking about how. I mean, I think that she's fairly n- neutral, and then she gets attention in the wrong way for the wrong things, and that. That leads her to just continue yeah. doing the thing that got that was that was fairly neutral to maybe slightly bad yeah. to all of a sudden just continuing on like going deeper and deeper and deeper into whatever this right. is you know right. and again not giving away, not wanting to give away like of course yeah too much more than just like the first twenty minutes of, of yeah. the film
1: and and I th- I do think there is something to it where if you've uh, as we both. We lived in New York. We knew people who worked in these kinds of offices. We worked in these kinds of offices. And there are some people who are like, not bad people, but just kind of like, I don't really want to hang out with this person. Like, I'd rather them leave so that I can hang out with other people. Right. And it's like, you know, you get stuck in an elevator with that person and it's like, oh God, they're going to say something inappropriate, but not like so inappropriate that they get fired, but just like, this is not a cool thing to say to another person. So, you know, they they did hit that on the on the head. it was definitely you know that that person for sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've definitely worked in and been in places where there's like the cool kids, um, yeah, and you just I, I could care less personally because mm. I'm a grown up, but um I could see how if you're like a younger person and you're just sort of finding your way and you want to like hang out with the cool kids, right. um, it definitely is like heightened. It's very. It can feel very clickish, like yeah. high school yeah. in in New York and Brooklyn. So I get I get that they do they do a good job with that.
1: Right. Well, uh, speaking of workplaces in New York, sure. Uh, this my, the third reason that we're presenting is that this is a fairly competent satire of the entire ecosystem of in this case like uh click-baity articles, social media, online engagement, sort of the world that we've created for ourselves about right. who gets to have a voice and why it's important. Right. Um, and so they do a couple things that are, you know, relevant here. Obviously... This article getting picked up with some level of, like, breathless, uh, you know, coverage. She gets put on, like, TV shows and online magazines and all the kind of stuff. Interviewed
0: by absolutely terrible people. Interviewed
1: and- by terrible people. Gets a hashtag out of it and, like, blows up on the internet. Uh, which, one of the things that they did that was uh, more appropriate, I guess, uh, to point to this sort of thing that happens regularly is the... Phrase that she used was hashtag I'm not okay mm. um was stolen from the Rowan character. Uh, so right. Rowan said that to her and she says, Oh, uh, thank you, young person of color. I am going to take that and make myself famous with your words. They did a good job of saying, you know, yes, this person is unlikable. And and they even have like a little um warning at the beginning <laughs> of the film where they're like, Hey, uh, the warning this film has like uh, mature content and an unlikable female protagonist, you know, as like a warning. To oh, open the I film. forgot
0: about that. Yeah, they're not wrong,
1: they're not wrong, but it's also, I mean, that was the joke, it was, right? Yeah, and so they, um, but but more than that, they are also showing this world that's like if your job is based off of how many people will click on your article and we have to pump out content all the time. It's like and, a
0: Buzzfeed type place, yeah,
1: or Refinery Twenty Nine or what have you, right? Aptly uh,
0: named uh, depravity. depravity, yeah, that's right.
1: Um, and and you have all of these people uh, who work there who don't care about the human lives that are impacted. So like, there's a big blow up in one of the offices towards the end, and rather than and, like all of the people in the office are just sitting around watching, it like happen. it's a fishbowl, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they're they're guilty by sort of you know they're they're capacity to care about the human element is, is minimal and their ability to care about the spectacle is high. Right. And so, you know, and, and not only that, like all of the social media feeds bring into it, all of the, the trolls and the hate and all of this stuff. So there's no, um, there are no good actors really in the, in the story, uh, with the possible exception of Rowan <laughs> and her <laughs> mom and her mom. Yeah. Probably right. exception. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I think that it's a, it a, a commentary and criticism through a satirical lens of that ecosystem. I think there are probably films that have done it a little better.
0: Sure. But um, I think it does do a good job of showing how we have created this culture and society, especially if you're very, you know, TM, very online yeah. or whatever. Right. Um, that really perpetuates the, again, the the kinds of values yeah. that would cause somebody to seek fame or like you know doing it for the grand attention and yeah. wanting to make sure that you're posting content that gets you as many followers or likes or whatever as you possibly can like they do they I think do a good job of of representing that and just like the kinds of mindset that people have where they will just exploit any kind of terrible thing in their lives or in the lives of people around them so that they can get more attention yeah um and you know the 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 way that they do like interviews, of her and and the way that people are just like so interested in mining her and her experiences mm-hmm. for their own views and, and ratings or whatever. Again, does I think does a good job of showing that.
1: I yeah, yeah. I think it's it doesn't add a ton to the conversation, but in terms of like satire hitting the nail on the head, I think yeah, it does, does for sure.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um and then our fourth and final reason. Uh, is that the the narrative itself is kind of original in in two ways. So first of all, there's the structure of how they present the story. They do it in in eight acts um, and they actually oh, I
0: thought it was nine. It
1: could have been nine. The finale might have been nine.
0: I think it was nine. Okay.
1: And so they do title cards to lead into every act right. to sort of tell you the, the main takeaway from that you know, what's gonna happen to that character to the main character in that um, act. It still follows the basic three-act structure, so there's still rise and fall uh, throughout those acts. Right. But it is presented in a way that's um, a little bit different, a little bit, you know, outside of the expectation for how a story like this would go. Mm -hmm. And to feed into that even more, the resulting character arc for the protagonist is—I'm trying not to spoil anything. Do we
0: want to just say there's spoilers? Well,
1: I'll just say uh, it's—I'll close out here and just say it's different— than what one would expect from a traditional uh, hero's story,
0: right? I, and I will say before we get into spoilers yeah. that it, there is, there is a different kind of ending to your point than than what you would traditionally expect, and and I I did appreciate it. Okay. So I, I appreciated the way that it ended, um, and um, yeah, I mean, I guess we can leave it at that, and then yeah. it, we're gonna get into spoilers right now, folks. Yeah,
1: I do remember at the end you said, huh. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I think that I was, um, so, okay. So heading into spoiler land. Yeah. <laughs> um I think that I was expecting the film to have another 15 minutes where everything gets sort of wrapped up in right. a nice, neat little bow. And um, instead of it getting wrapped up into a nice, neat little bow where the main protagonist, Danny, is somehow absolved of the pretty terrible things that she did throughout the film um, and is given forgiveness by Rowan's character or maybe even her mom, um, it ends with Rowan doing a final performance that is hinted at earlier or talked about earlier in the film. And um, it's basically an open—it's basically a letter— spoken word letter to Danny's character, uh, telling her to go fuck herself. Yeah. And, um, and that's kind of how it ends.
1: It ends. Yeah. So basically I think the, the last lines are, I may one day forgive you, but we are not okay of the spoken word. Yeah.
0: Like we will never be okay. we we'll never be okay.
1: Yeah. And so it cuts back to, um, Danny's face who had shown up for this performance and has on her phone, like, in her notes app, like, written up an
0: apology. Right, she's trying to make amends.
1: Yeah, and so she, um, hear, like, hears the performance and realizes, like, oh, this person does not need anything from me. There's nothing I can do to make this any better. Um, I, Even an uh, apology would not, like, help <laughs> the situation, and it would be all for me and not for her. Mm-hmm. And so she just pulls her hat down over her face and walks away, and that's the end of the movie. Right. And so there is no act three, right? right? Like you get down to the part where your protagonist is at the sort of the rock bottom. Like that's sort of what the end of act two is always like. It's like the lowest point. Mm-hmm. And then act three is the resolution where they fight out of that and resolve their, you know, conflict.
0: Yeah. Or they do try to have the, re- they, they, it's a false start for the resolution. I think they, sure. they, they get started and you think that a resolution is going to happen and maybe she's going to, Go and talk to her afterwards, and the whole time I'm sitting there thinking, like, this is her moment. Stop it! What are yeah. you doing? Why yeah. are you here? Right. Um, and and they just never resolve it. It just sort of trails off into a different, I think, direction. But what I think is also interesting is then, and this is this is where I'm heading into your territory, mm, yeah, right? Yeah. But through the lens of the camera, through the the positioning of where it is from across the room, we're still always in the shoes or the position of looking at Danny and looking at and focusing on Danny or from her perspective, looking into what's happening with Rowan and her family. But you can see that Rowan is the one who is having growth and who is having her own closure. Like if this were a different film shot from a different perspective across the room, that would be the ending that you would be looking for, I think in a way. Okay.
1: All right. I can buy that.
0: So that was, that was my takeaway yeah. from it. And, and instead you are seeing sort of this like dead end ending for, for Danny, where she just sort of slinks off feeling yeah. pretty bad for herself.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's fine. <laughs> I, you know, I don't, uh, I don't think that we needed like, hey, she has to give an apology and then get some sort of absolution from Rowan. I don't think that would have helped. But there, like, there was no, like, Other than her saying, I've changed, I'm a different person now, Mm -hmm. other than her saying that out loud, we've experienced, in fact, no proof of that, right?
0: I think her walking away is a little bit proof of it. She doesn't decide to make herself the center of attention and and try and take this moment. She kind of realizes that, like, this isn't my moment. Right.
1: Someone said in the group, because she went to, like, a shaming group for, like, social media shame or whatever. Someone's like, you just tried to make yourself the main character and, like for a movie that was about her. Like, it, that's kind of the natural thing, I guess. But like, right. um, but yeah, in this instance, at the end, she said, I'm not going to be the main character here. I don't, they don't need me. They've done what they needed to do for themselves and they don't need me a, to be a part of it. So.
0: Right. I mean, I think that her deciding that she is not going to seek forgiveness, that she's not going to make her, like she chooses to not do that. Yeah. Um, Is in its own way growth, you know, sure. like she's going to, the seeking forgiveness and apologizing is not going to be for Rowan's behalf.
1: Yeah. You know, like if
0: she were to choose to apologize, that would be to make herself feel better. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's fair. That's, I think that it's all just a little squishy uh, for me where it's like, Mm -hmm. they did not set up that character's desires well enough early in the film Mm -hmm. to then have like a clear understanding of how she subverted that. And then, uh, changed and grew as a person by the end, in my opinion. Right. Um, and I think it all started with, like, you know, the going back to the stupid guinea pig. <laughs> it's like I needed clear indication that this character was, like, was actually bad, was actually unlikable. Like, it seemed like the person got caught up in a series of circumstances and was just trying to, like, skate through it mm-hmm. without taking any ownership of anything and i think that that's that's not a compelling character it's not that she's unlikable it's that she's not motivated to do anything she has no like desires listed in the like like really you know
0: i think the one thing that could have helped this film is to have a single voice Or maybe a couple different ways that this manifests that sort of talk about the ideas that we're talking about, right? Like if if we wanted to talk about the idea of like why it is that she is so bad, then you could actually have a commentary. Like there's plenty of opportunities to have somebody providing commentary. You have that one writer girl who like exposes her and um, she could have provided some kind of a diatribe on what it means to be like a good person or like whatever, you know, that that sort of sets it up yeah. in a way that describes what's happening and also would provide guidance for how you should feel about the ending.
1: I guess I just feel like I need intent, right? Mm-hmm. Like I need not coincidence, but I need if someone's going to be a quote unquote bad person. Right. If it's going to be a if you're hyping up the film to be like about an unlikable, you know, protagonist, mm-hmm. I need that unlikability to come from their choices, not from the universe just sort of like, you know, like squishing them into a box or a situation. Right. So it's like, Oh, the hamster gave her the idea to post pictures of being in Paris. And then, Oh, she posted the pictures. And then it just so happened the terrorists attacked and there were bombs that went off in the place where she took pictures or faked pictures. It's like, those are coincidences that the person found herself in. And yeah, she was like obnoxious, but like, she was bad in the same way people were like, oh, let's be bad in order fries for the table. She wasn't bad as in like, I'm going to subvert people's uh, belief in you know, who I am and like try and capture this, you know, attention based off of my devious actions. Like she wasn't, uh, you know, she wasn't evil. She was just incompetent. <laughs> I, mean, I
0: think up until that point, she's just kind of pathetic. Yeah. But it's not – those are not her choices that make – like, if the movie just ended there, she would just be kind of, like, a sad, pathetic person Mm. who had to, like, create this vacation, Mm. right? But the the point where she has culpability comes after she – after the the bombing happens and she decides – that she's going to perpetuate the lie, that she doesn't come clean. She she chooses to lie to her parents. She chooses to put on some stupid beret and like pose for a camera. Yeah. And that's like the first little taste of it. And like all of her choices from that point forward, I think are the ones that indicate that she is becoming more, doing the more and more bad things and they're more purposeful.
1: I, I agree, but it's also like you're putting this weight on her because it's like she wakes up the next morning to all of these like, no notifications, right? Mm-hmm. And so like that's part of the satire which is like oh, you know, you may make a bad decision and then all of a sudden you get piled on with these notifications and it's really hard for you to back away from it because you know now you are defined as this person mm-hmm. or everybody expects this thing out of you or whatever. There's no making a mistake and going back from it online. And so I get that, but also like then the badness is not even necessarily her deciding to be bad. It is her feeling the pressure of the society weighing down on her, not just her family. It might be easy. She almost like told her parents that she wasn't really in Paris. Um, but then she was like, oh, no, it's not just them. It's like literally everyone I know on the internet. And if I say, I was lying, I wasn't in Paris, then now you're that person.
0: Right, but she chose to volunteer to write the piece. She, she, sure. volu- she volunteered to write the piece. She's the one who found the the group to go to and decided to go to it. She's the one who, like she, yeah, I yeah. think that there's a lot of things that like you, she still has culpability for. Of
1: course. On. And I'm not saying she doesn't. I'm just right. saying like, I wish that that were there that sort of directed, I'm going to do this and take advantage of the situation. Mm-hmm. I wish that were there from jump from like the beginning. Mm-hmm. Cause you're right. She starts out pathetic and I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> like, right. I just need, I need protagonists to be able to motivate a story with their needs and desires Mm-hmm. and it seemed like she was just kind of, like, not there.
0: Yeah, I mean, I can see that. Again, that's why I'm sort of going back to my first point, I guess my first point? Yeah. Um, Where, uh, maybe it was my second point, where we're just, uh, I think it's interesting, I personally think it's interesting to see how you take this person who's just kind of pathetic and then you can see how they sort of go down this path and it's like one little choice that gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and builds on itself. So yeah. per- personally, I... Um, appreciated sort of seeing how that can gradually build up.
1: Okay, well, fair enough. Uh, so let's get to our recommendations. Do <laughs> you recommend the movie?
0: Sure, not to you.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: but yeah, I I I I actually really enjoyed this film. Um, I liked all of the actors for the most part, um, and uh, I thought that it was just a, a pretty light. Watch. I got Um, mad
1: at it a lot Um, because (laughs) not because of the character. I didn't really find her to be that interesting, but like just the idea of like the film using like the victims of school shootings Mm -hmm. for a narrative crutch in this way. I, I I guess I'm a little overly sensitive about that stuff. Like, Mm -hmm. like this, this is real shit that people go through Right. And you want to use it for a not even that funny of a comedy, like, or what? whatever this would be called. I don't know. I didn't find it to be, like, revelatory or telling me anything that I didn't know. And I didn't, I didn't feel like I was entertained that much. I was, like, bummed out <laughs> a lot and, like, angry at the situations. And I, I think if you're going to do a story about a kid who lost her sister in a school shooting mm-hmm. that she and her mother were both survivors of, you better fucking bring it like right. you better make sure that shit tells me something about something and it doesn't all have to be like Gus Van Zandt's elephant but it's got to be something better than this like this is so glib and flippant with that like backstory I mm-hmm. think to me not everyone's going to perceive it that way right? but to me that I, I like no I would not recommend this film
0: so in a way you think that the writer Quinn Shepard was Danny all along
1: uh, I don't know maybe maybe <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know enough about the the writer-director, really. I know this is, like, her second film, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I just... <sighs> it, <laughs> my So one of my um, dual-degree friends who was a, a year below me, um, Apolline Bertie, who was a producer on this film. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, you know, yeah, go see it and, and stream it or whatever, because that way she gets a successful thumbs-up or whatever for this movie being popular. But mm-hmm. uh, I didn't. I couldn't do it. Sure. Yeah. All
0: right. So. Well, there you go.
1: That is um, our that is our uh, our take on not okay. It was not okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> or it was
1: fine. <laughs> sure. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so that's it for this week. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Please remember to rate review and subscribe anywhere you put podcasts into your face holes. Ugh.
0: <laughs> I don't like that. All right. Um yeah, and next week we are going to do a film on Disney Plus called Pray.
1: Yes, I have heard good things about it. I think it's actually on Disney Plus uh, in International, and it's, I think, Hulu in the United States.
0: I mean, it's definitely a, an aliens movie that I am, or predator movie, yeah. or whatever that like I would be more interested in seeing yeah. than the typical. So, yeah. uh, it'll be it'll be interesting, if anything, um, I guess to to see how they do it. Um, all right, cool. Well, yeah. Again, thanks for listening. And um, if you can, you can find us on Twitter and follow us there. We are at the Crosscut on Instagram. We are at the Crosscut Pod. Uh, and have a great rest of your weekend. Folks. Have a good weekend,
1: everybody. Bye. Bye.